0: Welcome to High Tide, Low Tide, the podcast where we talk about all things mental health and where we share our stories with the knowledge that it could just be the lifeline of hope for someone who is hurting and afraid that they're the only one. I'm your host, Lisa Scanlon, and I am so glad that you're here with me today. Just a little reminder here, guys, that we are discussing mental health in this episode, so we may touch on things like suicide or self-harm, which may be a trigger for you. As always, I'll pop resources in the show notes or know that you can call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. So today I have a very special guest joining me on the podcast. I have one of my very best friends, one of my longest standing friends and one of my um, everyday inspirations, Mrs. Katie Butler. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us or joining me today at at High Tide, Low Tide.
1: Thank you so much (laughs) for inviting me. I'm so excited.
0: Excellent. So... Obviously, I know you very well, but how about we start off by you telling the listeners a little bit about
1: yourself? Okay, so obviously, my name is Katie. I um, have been a very close friend of Lisa's for a very long time. I think we met when we were in primary school Mm -hmm. Um, and we've always been very close and we've been through so many ups and downs (laughs) together. I am a mum of two beautiful girls, and I'm a midwife, and I have an amazing husband who is super, super supportive. Uh, I also run a business called Sunday Lux Co., which um, has been a journey of itself and is actually just about to turn one. So
0: that's Yay! Exciting. <laughs> First birthdays, I can't wait for yes, that. Yes,
1: <laughs> we've got some cool <laughs> celebrations planned, so I'm very excited.
0: Excellent. Yeah, so we have yeah known each other like literally since primary school. Mm. Um, Katie and I refer to each other as soulmates. <laughs> so we you know have been through so much together from primary school sleepovers to. Going out underage, or I was underage. I was never. You underage, were. I'm the good one. <laughs> you used to bring the fake ID back out of the club from one friend to me. So, okay. <laughs> back at the sandbar,
1: thanks guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then obviously from there you. Uh, got married and then Chris realised that he now had two wives. (laughs) (laughs) It was a package deal. Um, Some would not. (laughs) It was a bit of a package deal.
1: Yeah. He Um, also didn't realise that involved McChickens delivering to Glenelg (laughs) at three AM or Sunday night most most weeks. <laughs> Chris
0: is just the best. He, yeah, literally would pick us up from the Grand and take us to get McChickens. And now you have two beautiful children, mm. um, one of which is officially my goddaughter. Yes, um, she is. And, yeah, such a wonderful family, and you've done mm. so much in the time mm. that I have known you. So I'm super, super excited for you to join me today and we can chat. Yay. So obviously, as you know, Uh, the podcast being around mental health. We're here to talk a little bit around your journey Mm -hmm. and what you have been through and how you've gotten to be where you are today. So I thought, um, first of all, we can start off by talking about, you know, where did – you know, your journey with mental health all starts. So if we were to go, you know, back to the very beginning, is there like an earliest memory that you have of realising something was wrong or what kind of signs and symptoms or where does it start for you?
1: The first time that I realised something wasn't right, I think I'd been experiencing the symptoms for quite a long time, probably most of my life, if I'm honest. The first time that I really consciously knew there was something that that wasn't right, though. I was in my first year of uni and I was on placement and I was in an office. So as a midwife sitting in an office doing um, basically appointment after appointment with women. And in this tiny little office, I kept getting so overheated and so overwhelmed that I couldn't catch my breath and my chest felt like it was collapsing. Mm. I felt out of my own head like I was watching the situation from above. My heart was racing and I just felt like I was going to either vomit or faint or all of the above and I just couldn't really work out why because I loved what I was doing and I really really wanted to be there doing it. And I made it about a week and a half through and I thought, I don't know if I can be in this hospital environment. Maybe it's the small offices, the bright lights, the lack of airflow. Something's really throwing me off. And then one day I was driving there um, on my way to placement um, towards the end of it. And I was in such a state that I, I had to pull over. I couldn't breathe. I was crying hysterically. Mm-hmm. My throat had closed over. My chest was so tight. I felt like my lungs couldn't expand. It was like I wasn't even in the car. I was physically there driving, but I was watching from above. Yeah. Um, my head was spinning. My yeah, My yeah. I could feel my blood pulsing through my veins, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to be sick or pass out. So... Pulled over, absolutely hysterical, and tried to call my husband a few times, but it was quite early in the morning and he didn't answer. So um, I pulled myself together enough to drive to the car park of the hospital I was at at the time. And once I got there, I thought, I can't, I can't get out of the car. I can't do this. I am in such a state. There is something really wrong here. Um, and at that point, I called you. Yes, you did. <laughs> and you were working in hospitality at the mm-hmm. time and were not an early morning bird like you are now. I no. You are. <laughs> but I was in such a state, I didn't know what else to do. And you, at that moment, were able to talk me down enough that I could call the hospital tell them I wasn't coming in and yeah. drive myself home. That was I would say the big monumental breakdown that I had had coming for many years and didn't realise all of the symptoms. When I look back now, um, initially I started seeing, well, actually in the mornings I was always feeling really rushed and um, like I was uptight and in a rush for no reason before that. And there were lots of times where I would lie awake Overthinking at night and running over things over and over in my head and getting worked up and not sleep for three or four hours at a time, but just thought, you know, I was, I was a bit of an overthinker, mm-hmm. which I think we all can be at times. But yeah. looking back, this definitely wasn't a normal just overthinking. But the more I have learned to identify my symptoms and my triggers, the further back I can see the symptoms, like way back. I can remember even being in year two in primary school and what I now recognise as a massive panic attack, my mum thought I just didn't want to go to school because I had an awful teacher and I did. She was nasty. But I wasn't faking being sick to get out of going Mm. to school.
0: That's the thing. I think, you know, it's when we've learnt and when we know better, we're able to then look back upon things that have actually happened in the past and realise that, it actually started a lot earlier than we we thought
1: originally. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I before that moment I never before that big meltdown, I never would have said that I had anxiety or any mm-hmm. form of depression. Now looking back, I think I've probably lived with a certain amount of anxiety through my whole life. Yeah. As far back as I can remember. But particularly around new situations. Um, going to places I haven't been before new people uh, and even more recently not as far back as the massive meltdown it took a few meltdowns before I started to really learn my triggers.
0: actually I think that's pretty common so
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so I think three or four meltdowns into you know this probably oh, where are we probably? heading towards 10 years now, mm-hmm. I realized, I thought I'd just had generalized anxiety and panic disorder. But yeah. I think I've also had an element of depression in there as well, which mm-hmm. creeps in sometimes. And the way that it presents is just not what I, you know, I think it's the typical society vision of someone crying hysterically yeah that's not the way I experience it but I will have absolutely zero motivation not be able to get off the lounge feel like I need to sleep around the clock yeah um, and just feel like there is no point in anything I'm doing
0: yeah and um, that's um sorry just cut in there no. that's the thing with with well with not just with mental illness but illnesses of any kind you'll have a general list of signs and symptoms and people will look at that and say well I don't tick those boxes so that mustn't be me you know I'm not um like if we look at depression for example I'm not Mm. crying all the time or I don't feel sad all of the time or I'm not um, having issues with sleeping so I can't be depressed yes when actually like any illness they can present differently to different people. Yes. And yeah. People
1: experience these symptoms and display these symptoms so, so differently. Yes. Even looking back when I had my kids, I loved being at home with them when they were babies. I loved them to death. So it's not your classic postnatal depression mm-hmm. where you can't connect with your baby and you um, don't want to be going through what you're going through but there was a lot of time there when my babies were younger where I would struggle to get up obviously as a sleep deprived mum an element of that is normal yes of course looking back now there were months on end where I couldn't bear to get dressed before 3 p.m yeah and i I think a lot of that was probably a form of depression, yeah, unrelated to my babies, but yeah, still definitely there, but I didn't recognise it for many years after yeah. that. And also, like you
0: know when we have not we, I don't
1: have children, but when people
0: have children, when women have children, they go through a huge life change, yeah, absolutely. You know, your priorities completely change, your life completely changes. Mm-hmm. And I know I haven't been through it, but from what I have picked up from other people, like it's almost like obviously you're very happy you've had children, but there's almost like a grieving process for the life that you used to have. Absolutely. And having to, you know, find what the new you is moving forward, you know, can take it out of you as well. Yeah. So, you know, of course you were very happy about the girls coming, but... I feel like we need to, like, normalise the fact that, you know, it's not all flowers and, you know,
1: rainbows after you have children. Mm, Couldn't agree more. And on that even when you are pregnant because Mm -hmm. as a midwife I see there is a massive, massive stigma around Mm. pregnancy should be the best time, the happiest time in your life. And thankfully for me it was. But for a lot of women that I come across it's not. And the guilt and the shame Mm. around that is... Incredible, and it's yeah. something that they don't ever feel like they can talk about because yeah. we're supposed to appreciate every moment. And, and isn't that awful? Every yeah, it's such an awful um, stigma. Yep, yeah, society pressure.
0: And yeah, I think there is more people talking about it with with time. But yeah, I think that that is definitely something that, unfortunately, there is this this pressure to feel. Like the happiest you've ever been while you're pregnant, yeah. and once you've had the baby. But you know, it's not always the way for people, and you know, they need to feel okay about opening up about that and seeking help and talking to friends about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they don't love their child. It no, just means not at all. they're going through a bit of a rough time.
1: Yep, and and it can be related to things are changing because of the pregnancy, and sometimes it's not even related to the pregnancy and the baby at all, when it just mm-hmm. happens to be at the same time. But with stigma, so many people will never tell anyone how they're feeling, and it Mm. often results in, you know, everybody falling apart after they've had the baby in a massive collapse of postnatal depression, which really has been building the whole time.
0: Yeah, and two external factors as well. Absolutely. Okay, so... We've talked about you had a couple of like mini meltdowns but not the big meltdown. So then we had the big meltdown when you're in the car. Chris doesn't answer his phone. <laughs> I'm joking. I love Chris.
1: I forgive I answered you. the
0: phone.
1: <laughs> Chris, <laughs> answered. Chris works shift work yes. as well. So he would have been Absolutely. very late and I'm still asleep at that time. It was very early in the morning. Yes. I was very impressed that Lisa answered. Yeah. And um, to be fair, I don't think it was the first time that you answered. Yeah. I think I had to a few times. Look,
0: I'm trying to put myself up on a pedestal here. <laughs> what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Chris knows he has competition.
0: I know. All right, so you've had that meltdown. What happened next? What's the next
1: chapter or what happened so, after that? From that point in the hospital, I managed to drive myself home in a probably mm-hmm. a state I hadn't been in since I was a little child, absolute mm. sobbing, inconsolable mess. Um, got myself home. I had spoken to Chris on the way home and just hopped into bed trying to just give myself a bit of love and work out what the fuck had just happened. Yeah. Sorry for my... (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Great. (laughs) Chris then said, this isn't normal. You need to go and see the doctor. So I called and thankfully could get an appointment. This was 10 years ago now. So you could get an appointment on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) Um
0: Good luck (laughs) in 2022 doing that.
1: (laughs) Good luck to you. He, Chris drove me to the doctor and I explained to him the symptoms that I had had and said, I think I'm having some anxiety. And the doctor said, I think you are having massive panic attacks. Yeah. Um, that's really not normal and everything you are describing is signs of a huge panic attack, not just a bit of anxiety.
0: Yeah. And when he said that, how how did you feel?
1: So I think it was a... I was very, my head wasn't clear to begin with from the day that I had had. It took a good few days to Mm, actually get my head clear again. I was exhausted. When he said that, I was in two minds. It felt like it made so much sense. Mm. Yes, that's what happened. And, yes, this is real and this is something. I'm not just being a bit dramatic or panicking. But then there was also a bit of a realisation that, I don't have any mental health problems. Mm. That's not going to happen to me. So it was very conflicting.
0: I think that's me. really common as well. People think then it's not going to happen to them. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, I'm stronger than that. I'm better yeah, than that. Mm. I'm, I'm not depressed. I don't have anxiety. I have no real
1: problems in my life. There yeah. are people out there starving and, yes. you know, real, yeah. real problems.
0: That uh, was inverted commas that inverted you can't see.
1: <laughs> real problems because... All problems. It is a problem regardless of what other people are going through.
0: That's correct.
1: um, Which I now understand a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that was quite difficult for me. His next sentence after that was, the first thing I'm going to do is put you on medication. And my initial response was, "Mm -mm, no way. No, I don't need medication because I'm stronger than this. Mm. And I just burst into tears. But he was actually, this was a doctor I'd never met before, and he was actually firm but good at explaining what he wanted to get across to me and it was what i needed on the day he said this is not medication to stop you having anxiety or having panic attacks this is going to allow your brain to slow down mm-hmm. and calm down so that you're not experiencing these extreme symptoms because when you are in that state when you are you can't breathe your chest is yeah. so tight your whole body is tingling. Those physical symptoms symptoms are so strong, you are not able to put any strategies into place. Your brain Mm. can't think logically because you are in that fight or flight mode. You can barely do the basics of, you know, breathing, keeping yourself alive. So you can't learn to manage symptoms if you are in that state all the time. All the medication is going to do is calm your nervous system and your brain so that you are able to Get some time to put some strategies in place and work on things that you will be able to use to manage it without medication, maybe one day down Mm -hmm. the track. It's a short, you know, Band-Aid solution basically Mm -hmm. to allow you some time and some space to learn some strategies and you're not going to be able to do it without it. Okay. And if he hadn't have said that, I wouldn't have taken the medication. But that made a lot of sense to me. I thought, yes, in the state that I am in and what I experienced today, mind you, I had a second panic attack getting in the car to even go mm, to the doctor. Yeah. Um. So I needed some help. Yeah. So and I just want to ask, advice.
0: why do you think you had that initial hesitation around medication? It's a stigma. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's the stigma around, oh, you know, someone that's taking medication must have some real problems. There must be a serious head case.
0: Isn't it ridiculous? Like, obviously, yes. like, it is just like if someone had, you know, on a, like... Like a broken leg. Yes, you'd be yeah. like, of course, here's some medication to help you manage that pain. Absolutely.
1: It is the most ridiculous stigma. Um, but it is,
0: it is there yep. and it is getting Sting better. Today it but is there. It's yeah. better.
1: Um, but I've had this conversation with countless people over the years now because I'm quite open about yeah. the fact that I have anxiety and a panic disorder and that I take medication for it. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm, you know, here pushing medication, but For me it was the only thing that allowed me to get my symptoms under control enough to be able to actually work on the problems yeah and so I am a massive advocate of doing what you and your body need to be able to come up with a solution and live a better life 100%
0: so
1: um yeah massive stigma and there are still people now who are like oh yeah
0: Yeah. Or roll their eyes. There's always going to be people like that in life, regardless of, like, the topic or who you are. People are always going to have their opinion. And you know what? They can have their fucking opinion. Couldn't agree more. Like, if you think that taking medication for a mental health issue is a problem then you probably have never been through it yourself and like exactly i'm happy for you that you haven't but also fuck off (laughs) like legit like if you've not walked in someone's shoes yeah Yeah. and i hope that you never have to be in the position where you need to make that decision then if that's the kind of opinion that you have Anyway, I'm digressing. I'm going to get off of my (laughs) soapbox. I still think it is
1: a very important topic because I think so many people who are hearing this will still have that preconceived idea, particularly the generations above Mm. us, that quite often they still don't really believe mental health or depression or anything that it's even a real thing yeah that you just you know you need to toughen up or you need to stop mm. being a sook about things or your life's not that bad there is still that generational really suppressive idea that it's, mm. it's not a real thing and yeah. you're just making it up for attention so and there was are still so many people around that are probably our age and probably even younger that have got parents who still believe that and have instilled yeah. that whether it's intentional or not, have instilled those sorts of ideas and beliefs in their children. So they will this sort of talk this conversation is going mm-hmm. to help them to see that it's actually not this bad thing that they've made yeah. to believe that it is.
0: Each their own. Like I myself, I haven't taken any medication to help me deal with my depression and anxiety. Um, and that's just my story. Mm. Like that's me. Every person can be different. And do I judge you for having taken something? Fuck no. Mm. Like why would I? Each person needs to find what works for them. And I just think it's ridiculous if anyone was to fucking, yes. I need to stop swearing, <laughs> if anyone was to judge somebody else for doing what they need to do mm. to feel good.
1: So to- be their best
0: self. You I know, without hurting more. other people or breaking any laws or anything like that, you <laughs> know, within, within reason. reason you know, <laughs> <laughs> each to
1: their own. Exactly.
0: I couldn't agree more. Cool. So then obviously you went and you had this appointment with the oh. doctor. He filled out the prescription for you yes. after talking you through it. What then happened after that? What's so, next?
1: So... It took a few days to recover from that one. It was a bit of a shock to the system. Naturally, yeah. Yeah. Takes a lot out of you. Oh, it was. Huge. In terms of physical exhaustion, like that level of panic attack where your whole body is at level Mm -hmm. 1,000 was beyond exhausting. I think it was three or four days before I felt like I could really even get out of bed and get out of the house again. Yeah. And at that point I was quite anxious that 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 would happen again in public. Yeah. So um, it took a bit of work to get myself back into normal life again after that, a couple of weeks really yeah. to start to settle back into it's safe for me to go out because just because I'm living the house doesn't mean it's going to happen and if it does happen, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to die because yeah. when you're at that level, your your brain is telling you this is the end, you will die from this. Yeah. Um, it really took a lot of listening, learning, reading for me to realise that i wasn't actually at any actual in any actual danger mhm um, as awful as it is and it feels like you are yeah um, there's nothing bad is actually going to happen and it will end so mm. once i sort of learned some of those just even just that knowledge knowing those facts that i was going to be okay if it happened again helped a lot i took the medication which initially made me quite unwell but I started to see the benefits within the first week or two and started to feel so much better. So
0: when you say um, you started to feel unwell, for you, what were the Mm, side effects? Oh,
1: nausea and vomiting.
0: I was quite sick. And just at the start?
1: Yeah, so initially I started on half a dose Mm -hmm. and the first couple of days were really tough um, around the clock, nausea and vomiting, but each day got better. Mm -hmm. So initially the side effects were pretty heavy. After, I think it was about two weeks, I needed to go up to the full dose and I had those symptoms again but not to the same extent. So I was sick and nauseous and felt like I was going to vomit but it was a a lot shorter and not as intense. Okay. Once I had adjusted though, you know, within about two or three months I started feeling really great and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I started feeling those full effects that I looked back and Mm -hmm. realised how bad the place I was at was. Yeah, um, just in my day-to-day, every day, getting up in the morning, going to bed, going to work, having to go to the shops, I didn't realise that I didn't have to feel that way all the time. So for me, the medication was life-changing. Yeah. I all of a sudden felt like I could get up in the morning and I felt light and I felt happy and things felt okay and I'd never had that before. I that's just huge. Life was hard all yeah. the time, and that I had to feel rushed and stressed, and that's just who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize until the medication was working really well that it could be this good. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Like, and that's yes. the thing like, when you know if you're talking to someone sometimes you know if I'm talking to somebody who's going through a bit of a hard time and this isn't necessarily even to do with medication you know for me a big part of my own journey is talking to someone a psychologist for example and you know when someone's telling me how they've been feeling and the things that they're going through and like that feeling inside of me that's just like I know that it can be better for you yes like I know that you do not have to feel how you're feeling right now every day and I just wish that you could see and have that knowledge from my own brain
1: yeah because often you could make the decision to make that those changes today yeah you don't have to feel like this no one has to live like this you can have a happy, easier yeah
0: yeah and yeah so I just think that's like a huge part of it especially like yeah where we are now that I'm like okay you don't have to feel like this. Yes. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I feel bad and I'm sad and I might be depressed or anxious or I'm having panic attacks, you don't have to feel like that you all the time. Not. No. Like there is help. And, Life
1: can feel good. Your yeah. Body and your mind can feel good. And it's not
0: linear. It doesn't mean that you decide oh, that you no. will. <laughs> it doesn't mean you decide that you're going to get help and everything's then all of a sudden going to be a walk in the park. Hmm. It's very much an up and down roller coaster high tide, low tides. Oh, no Excuse <laughs> me. Absolutely
1: high tides and low tides, yes.
0: It's like that episode of Family Guy where they say the, the name <laughs> of the movie in the movie. That's me right now. <laughs> and if anyone gets that reference, please let me know because Katie and I were obsessed. A family (laughs) guy, yeah, Bina will definitely know. But it does, like you know, it's not linear. You know, recovery is not the right word, but progress and all of that is never linear. Learning
1: to live with up and down. Yeah, that's right. And it it is something that I don't think it's ever a oh, I had anxiety for a month and then I magically made it better. I think it's something you first of all, have to acknowledge Mm. and then learn to accept and then learn to work with, learn your triggers, learn what sets you off, learn what makes you feel better, what helps you avoid getting to those lowest of low points. Mm -hmm. It's a real lifelong process once you acknowledge. And sure, you can get to a point where you'll feel good for years and years, and Mm -hmm. that's amazing. It doesn't mean that it's not there or Mm. that it's not going to come back.
0: That's right. And that's a really good segue because I was going to ask you, what are you doing? Like for you, obviously everyone is different. What are you doing now? Like what are your dailies or your weeklies, the things that you do now to manage your mental health, to manage your anxiety and your panic disorder?
1: The first and most important one that I'm very upfront about is the medication. Mm-hmm. As much as when I was first in that doctor's office that day, I thought a couple of months until mm-hmm. I can learn to manage it myself. I have tried countless times to come off of the medication, intentionally and unintentionally, because I'm just that kind of person that can't remember to take a tablet every day. <laughs> and I've learned the hard way. I think it's taken three big sort of episodes where I've accidentally come off or I've mm. run out and thought, I feel so good, I don't need mm. these anymore. Until I slowly, as the weeks go by and the months go by, um, and the effects are really out of my system fall back right to where I was and my husband Chris actually notices it before I do most of the time. Mm. Um, He'll say to me, you're not good. You're not in a good place. Mm -hmm. In the earlier days uh, there was one particular time I remember quite well when we were actually living with Chris's parents, which in itself is a lot to um, have to deal with, losing your own space and having we had our kids there and um, we love them to death. But not having your own space ever is mm-hmm. really exhausting and that for me, one of, one of the biggest things I need is alone time and yeah. quiet time. I get quite overwhelmed with a lot going on and I just need to step back and I know that now but yes. um, I was living, we were all living there and I needed to go to work. I think often work is something that when I'm already leading down the path of a big mm-hmm. breakdown, work will throw me over the edge. Yeah. I needed to go to work on this particular day. I could not face it. I couldn't bear the thought. I thought I was going to be sick and for absolutely no reason. I love my job. And I was in bed um, an hour before my shift started and I was absolutely inconsolably crying for no reason. And I, Chris came in and he's like, what's wrong? I said, absolutely nothing. I just yeah. I can't go. Yeah. I don't know. But I can't breathe and I can't not cry. Um, and I curled up in bed for a couple of days after that. I couldn't couldn't go to work that day obviously. Had to tell a bit of a a bit of a white lie just yeah. Because I didn't feel like I could ring up and say, hey, I'm having a panic attack, which, yeah. again, stigma. Yeah, we should be able I to do that. I should be able that. to ring up and say, my mental health is not yeah. good today, but I didn't feel that I could. So I actually got Chris to call and say that I had a bit of gastro. So a little yeah. bit of a white lie there. Bloody think, gastro uh, gets us every time. I don't know.
0: But honestly, if someone tells me they've got gastro and they're not coming into work,
1: and I'm like, yeah, okay. Sure you sure do. Yeah. <laughs> that's the greatest um so that was another really low point for me where chris actually had Mm. to come in and say you are not good you need to be taking your tablets it's not worth getting to this position um and getting yourself into this state because you're not taking them and you think you're better than the medication just be realistic yeah your brain needs a bit of extra serotonin yeah yeah. And you know how much better you feel. And this is going to keep happening if you keep going off your tablets. Yeah. So I've been fairly strict. I've gone off from little bits and pieces accidentally since then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I've been pretty strict and pretty stable on them for a good few years now, probably oh, two good. to three years. And I find I can just manage life. Yeah. So that's been a massive learning curve for me, thinking yeah. that, at some point, because I'm feeling great, mm. it means I don't need the medication. Yeah. When the reality of it is I feel great because I'm taking my medication yeah. regularly.
0: Yeah, mm. that's the thing. So that's my
1: number one yeah. thing.
0: So that's the main thing. That is the thing. The medication one thing. for you. And I
1: don't ever want to give the impression that just by meditating and working on my mindset that it's just magically fixed this medical condition that I have because it hasn't. It definitely helps, but the medication, I'm yeah. never going to say I've fixed myself using natural yeah. therapies because yeah. I haven't. I still yeah. take the medication every day. What I do do every day and throughout my life, I meditation for me is a non-negotiable. Yeah. And that is something that I started many many years ago. From my beautiful friend Lauren who was my hairdresser Mm -hmm. she's not in hairdressing anymore but she said to me one day I went and was feeling quite anxious and she could pick up on that she's very sort intuitive and um, she knew I wasn't feeling great that day I was really uptight and anxious and she said you should try some um, meditation and look at like there's a really great guided Meditation for clearing out your chakras. And at that point, I'd never heard of chakras. What's a chakra? Or, yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. So I thought, well, look, I'm at a point where I'll try anything and mm-hmm. this is just listening to something. I'll just give it a go. And so I was for
0: anyone who's listening who doesn't know what a chakra is, would you like uh, to explain yeah. it? So
1: your chakras are energy centers in your body. So we have seven of them. Um, and basically if they are blocked or not open and flowing as they should be you can experience a lot of symptoms from yeah. that and depending on which chakra it is is, will tell you which yeah. sort of symptoms you'll have
0: and you can google it if you need more yeah. information than that <laughs> millions
1: thousand thousand so much information out there but great on youtube just type in guided chakra meditation and honestly it is so great how it so, is
0: youtube <laughs> after my meltdown earlier
1: today <laughs> oh lisa's meltdown today we sorry to it's not all about me <laughs> <for Lisa>.
0: yes <laughs> so you've been to see lauren who at this yes. point is still a hairdresser
1: still my hairdresser she is now a reiki practitioner she does mm-hmm. nlp hypnotherapy mm-hmm. timeline therapy and she's amazing. But she got me started. She just mentioned this mm-hmm. thing that I'd never heard of before. So I listened to yep. this um, meditation that she put me onto, and I really loved it. And I really quickly noticed a difference in how well I was able to cope with things. Just my patience and my mm-hmm. tolerance was so much better. Was this an app? No, just on YouTube. So oh, YouTube. Ju- you- Sorry, you said that. We just talked I've about YouTube. i <laughs> YouTube <Lisa. laughs> um, So... Um, it's only about twenty minutes and mm-hmm. I still that same meditation, I still do that a couple of nights a week. Oh amazing. I- I'm not someone who will carve out an hour in my day and, you know, sit with my legs crossed and meditate. <laughs> when I get into bed, I put my headphones on. I picture you like that though, <laughs> like surrounded by yeah, crystals sometimes an <laughs> and a sage film. I am a little bit of a normal <laughs> movie and sometimes I do do that, but not every day. No. I will get into bed at my normal time and instead of like, watching the tv or whatever i'll put my headphones on and put on a meditation and i just pick whatever one i'm feeling on the day it doesn't really matter what it is but it's that mindfulness time that Mm -hmm. time to really check in with how my body is feeling it really makes a difference in my day amazing Uh, i'm also huge on all types of self-care because i don't think it is a luxury i think to be the best version of you and to feel the best way that you can feel, to be your best self, you need to look after yourself first. 100%. Yep. Even if you have a husband, even if you have children, even if you are a career-driven person, you can't give your best to them or to whatever it is that you want to prioritise if you are not Pouring from a full cup, or even an overflowing cup, even better. Yeah. So I am fill massive, me up, <laughs> <laughs> fill me up, baby. So I am massive on doing what makes you feel good. So if something doesn't feel aligned to you, if you have a commitment and you really think I, I can't go to that. I don't have the energy for that. Don't go. You need to look after you first. Boundaries. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I have always been a people pleaser. I am a recovering people pleaser. So many of us are though. I know. So it's been a huge learning curve for me to have to say no when I feel like I might let someone down or I might Mm. disappoint someone. But for myself and my own mental health to feel my best and to be able to do the things that I need to do, like, mm-hmm. look after myself, look after my family, go to my job. Sometimes I need to say no to things mm. and step back and take that time for myself. And we
0: shouldn't feel guilty. Like, I don't like so many of us are people yes. pleasers and we feel like we have to say yes to everything. So we don't want to let other people down. But I feel like you have really inspired me in that sense Aww. because, I mean, you have. Said no to me before, or had to cancel plans, or something I like, don't like that. It.
1: Don't get me. Wrong. I know. I know. I'm letting you down. And I know how disappointed you are, <laughs> and it kills me.
0: No, but like because I know your boundaries, and I like I know that you're not just bailing on me because you don't you can't be bothered or whatever. Mm. I know that if you have to cancel on me for something, I know that it's for a reason, yeah. and I know that it's because you're looking after you. And so it's like, okay, you can be a little bit like, oh, I thought I was going to see Katie today, but now I'm not. Yeah. But that's that. That's just what it is. Yeah. Like it's just I don't I, think badly of you I for that. And
1: I know that it, and I would hope that if you felt the same way, you would do the same thing. Oh, of thing. course. Um, and one thing I have found with that actually is for years and years I used to make up excuses. I'm not mm. going to make it because the kids are sick or I've got yeah. something else on or but. I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, no, I'm just going to say how it is. I'm actually feeling not in a great place today and I need to take some time out for myself and Mm -hmm. I need to do something to refill my energy. I don't have the energy for that today. I'm sorry. I don't mean to let you down, but that's how it is. I have to prioritize myself. Yeah. And every time I've said that, no kidding, every single person I've said that to, have been like oh my god i hope you're okay yeah. Do what you need to do that's so you good. have to look after you first you're the most important mm. please let me know if there's anything i can do and it's not that i need that from them or that no, i, I expect them to you know bring me food and flowers i don't need anything like <laughs> bring that. me a mcchicken <laughs> i do need a mcchicken, so always Chris? Bring a McChicken. <laughs> um but just having knowing that People actually really Mm. connect with that and I think it, even though it's about me in that moment, I think it makes them feel validated and makes it okay for them to, if they're ever feeling like that, say to someone, I don't really feel that I'm in a place to do that today Mm. so I'm going to look after me because if I'm no good, I'm not going to be able to give you anything.
0: Yeah, Um, You
1: don't have to tell people that you have gastro. (laughs) (laughs) You can. It works. But... (laughs) But I think it opens up the conversation yeah. and it normalises this whole idea that you don't have to give everything to everyone else first and think of yourself last, especially yeah. when you, you know, my career is quite demanding and when I go there I need to be my best mm. self. I'm looking after the most vulnerable families at mm-hmm. the most vulnerable point of their lives. And I can't go there and be half assed I can't yeah. go there and not have my full energy and compassion to give to them mm-hmm. because that's not fair on them. Mm-hmm. And the same with my children. If I haven't done my self-care practices mm-hmm. and taken time out when I need to, they are getting the scraps yeah. of what I've barely got left at yeah. the end of the day and I'm often snappy and grumpy mm-hmm. and I don't have patience and I don't have time. Yeah. So I see it as the most important thing I can do for mm-hmm. my kids and for my job is to prioritise what I need first.
0: hundred percent. And I think more people definitely need to do that. Mm. And I think going back to that, you know, that conversation around being honest about why you can't make the plans Mm. or why you need to cancel. I think that that is really like leading by example. The more people that are doing that and are just being honest, I can't make it today, I'm not feeling great, I can't make it today, my mental health isn't good. Mm. The more people that are doing that and having that conversation, the more that's going to spread. Yeah. The people that you say that to might feel more comfortable like they can say that to the next person. So I feel like that's a really huge thing. A
1: huge flow on effect just by showing that I'm comfortable enough with where I'm at and who I am and what I've been through to say, hey, this is where I am, what -hmm. I'm going through. And not only does it allow for them to know where I'm at and give me what I need, Mm which allows me to give myself what I need, they can then allow that for themselves, yes. and then they're going to go on and show other people around yeah. them that they're allowing it for themselves, yeah. and they'll see the same. like flow, it's a on, flow on, yeah, flow on effect. Oh my yep. God, we just said the same oh thing. So unexpected from oh Sophie. <laughs>
0: Um, so we've talked about meditation, we've talked about medication. Yes. Yes. Is there any other like big ones that you want to share with people oh, that you use? I will
1: just run you through a dot point other dot point list. Otherwise, we're going to be here <laughs> all day. Um,
0: That's okay. You know, we'll just keep <laughs> drinking this bottle of Prosecco. It's fine.
1: <laughs> as you know, um, you follow my business. You know Absolutely. Well. My business has pivoted now into a much more self-care brand, because this is what I'm passionate about. I am so passionate about people actually, like we've just had this whole conversation Mm -hmm. about filling up their own cups first and being in overflow Mm
0: -hmm. so that
1: you can give people what they need. The other ways that I really prioritize doing that, I love journaling, Mm -hmm. um, I brain dump. So literally everything that is in my brain Dump it out on a page. Yes. Yes. I love this. This (laughs) is me too. Yes. Um, I don't use journal prompts I no don't have a theme
0: I there's just, enough going on in my head without I someone telling me
1: what, what I need to write down now someone's telling me what to think about <laughs> oh god no I literally just grab my notepad and mm-hmm. a pen and just whatever comes and I write until mm-hmm. I've got nothing left until yes. my brain is silent and it is the most blissful feeling that yes. I have never felt before I found journaling yes and I how good it. is it when
0: you get a new notebook?
1: Oh, it's refreshing <laughs> I love stationery. Like, I
0: genuinely
1: oh, love stationery. We I have actually just come straight from <laughs> a breakfast this morning <laughs> to Lisa's house and... One of the girls was passing around a pen because it was so satisfying to write with (laughs) and these are the kinds of things that you do at breakfast in your 30s. (laughs) I know. I don't
0: know if I'm saddened by it or, like,
1: just really, like, yeah, I'm just just coming into my Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, was it gel?
1: Was it a gel pen? It wasn't. (laughs) No. I don't know what it was but (laughs) she loved it and had passed it around to the Mm. table and said, you have to write with this pen. We're off topic.
0: (laughs) Self care Um, is a good writing pen. (laughs)
1: Buy the expensive
0: pen. I don't know. I need to get sponsored by some kind of pen company now. I think. Look, Derwent? No, they were pencils. pencils (laughs) Big. No, they make too much single use plastic. They do a lot. They do, sorry. We're Mm digressing. Again.
1: What a surprise.
0: (laughs) All right, we've got Um, medication, meditation, we've got journaling. Crystallizing,
1: everything. I love crystals. (laughs) I use crystals a lot to support however I'm feeling. I carry them. My bedroom is filled with them. I meditate with them. Mm-hmm. I can teach you so much more about crystals. <laughs> I buy Cri- Lisa crystals. She as does.
0: Yes. She does. She, doesn't she know bought what to me... do
1: with them, but I do no. Hey, I know I
0: need to put them out in a full moon yeah, to recharge them. And actually, I carry one around in my bra every day. Oh, look it's you go. not I'm actually so in there right now, sadly, oh, but it's one so for bad. like. Um, Bringing love to you. Not necessarily like romantic love, but just bringing love in general. And I always have it tucked into
1: the bottom of my bra
0: because there's not much
1: else. (laughs) (laughs) I've always got one in my pocket or in my drink bottle and people always comment, why are you carrying around a rock? And um, it's not a rock, that cl- love. <laughs> now I can tell the all about crystals and, and I am obsessed. <laughs> and
0: for anyone who's listening to that and being like, oh, my God, that's so woo-woo, like, really whatever, hard. like, you can, you don't have to journal. No. You don't have to meditate.
1: You don't meditate. have to do
0: any of these things. But, but- this is what works for this is my story exactly Mm. and maybe it will work for you because maybe you just don't know the power of crystals
1: because you haven't explored it if you are more of a logical person look up the science behind it because they come from the earth they are a (laughs) physical vibration they all carry different vibrations Mm -hmm. we are made up of vibrations we are all energy
0: so also do you know that there's a place in Byron that you can go and you can like sit in a like Crystal cave. Oh, I need
1: to be there. <laughs> There's like fifty dollars. <laughs> fifty
0: bucks. I know. It
1: anyway, we again money. we're digressing.
0: We'll go, go there one day. We'll go and sit in the big Let's crystal. Do a rich it was week on Byron day. Bay's, okay. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> Don't judge me for having um, watched a few episodes. Sorry. Two things there, working with your cycle and working with the moon. So the moon is incredibly powerful. It might sound so hippie and out there, but <laughs> everybody knows that the moon is powerful enough to control the tides.
0: Uh yeah. If it, can, high
1: tide, low <laughs> if it can control the tide, like the water on the entire surface of Earth, mm-hmm. surely we can explain, well, we can understand that it's going to have some kind of impact on our bodies, how we function, mm. the energy in the air.
0: Well, your body is mostly made of water.
1: A hundred percent.
0: So <laughs> exactly. case in point, exactly. mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> <I'm> fucking <laughs> out of here.
1: <laughs> so it's really not that far-fetched to think that we need to maybe pay attention to the cycles of the moon. So I've actually done some training on working with the moon, manifesting with the moon, and how you're going to work best with the cycles <laughs> too much why <wine. laughs> <In it. laughs> we are not burping
0: no 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 that's not my vibe no
1: so working with the moon so it's super super in-depth but the basics of it are full moon is releasing surrendering letting go new moon time for new manifestations new wishes new launches if you're in business, all of those really exciting things you sort of build up to the new moon and then we wind down and release towards the full moon. There's a lot more phases in between Mm -hmm. and a lot more to it, but that's the basics. I try and plan my life around those. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is around my cycle. Mm -hmm. Obviously, being a midwife, I know a bit about the cycle and things anyway, but there are plenty of experts out there. I love um, Daniela Elias, I think her name is. She talks a lot about your cycles and syncing with your cycles and the inner seasons and Mm. how your body is supposed to feel in those times so in a winter when you on your day one of your cycle through to the end of your cycle would that would be your inner winter where Mm. your normal where the way that your body is designed in those times is to slow down regenerate recoup and prepare for the rest of the season the Mm -hmm. cycles coming up um and then the next so the second week of your cycle is your inner spring so this is where you're starting to feel a bit better a bit more Mm -hmm. rejuvenated good time for planning new things and then you move into your inner summer and this is these are the times where you're feeling really great lots of Mm -hmm. energy lots of motivation it's a good like time for go 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 get shit done do your launches
0: is that just before your period Mm -hmm.
1: No. So this is right in the middle around ovulation. So spring leads up to ovulation and then Mm -hmm. summer is sort of that week of and after ovulation. Mm -hmm. Um, This is where you're going to feel the most energetic Mm. and be the most inspired to actually get stuff done. And then moving into your autumn is Mm -hmm. sort of that week before your period. So this is a lot of people find this the most challenging part of your cycle where you're really um starting to feel a bit down and a bit mo- moody, running mm-hmm. out of energy, lots of food cravings and things. And just learning to plan your cycle around plan your work and your life around these cycles mm-hmm. which your body naturally your hormone levels naturally are giving you or energy or telling you to rest. Okay. Sorry, I think in this like patriarchal society that we are all in and have been for a long time now, everyone is very accustomed to work hard work all the time hustle Mm. pretend you don't have a cycle and push through it but there's such a movement now and it's so great back to honoring those cycles Mm. and really um seeing it as a benefit as an advantage that we have these quiet times where we can rest recuperate reflect think and in these really powerful times where we can accomplish more shit than (laughs) anyone else (laughs) yes so i work with those things
0: so I'm a week out from my period. Which one? Slow which? Down.
1: Which? Oh. Sorry. Um, you, so what's that, autumn? So you will be going into your inner autumn. So mm. like the same as the seasons, autumn is calming down, mm. getting cooler, settling down. It's a good time to start reflecting, maybe sitting down and. Um, Light a
0: fire. Yeah. <laughs> Watch the leaves <laughs> change.
1: Exactly. This is a good time for like. Planning what your mm-hmm. next month might look like if you're mm-hmm. going to be, you know, particularly in business. If you're launching things, you mm. might plan them for that spring, summer time. Mm-hmm. Um, just really winding back, getting ready for that inner winter where essentially you want to hibernate like a bear for mm. a week. To begin with, when I first started really paying attention to these. Seasons. I found it like it didn't really resonate. I thought I just feel the same all the time. But when you actually allow your body to do what it should naturally do in each of these phases, you do really start to settle into it and find yeah. that yeah, my body does look for rest during mm-hmm. that first week of winter. You know, it just makes sense and not to get too like gory, but yeah. you have you experience some loss. Your body yeah. needs to refuel and recoup from that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you do notice that you settle into it and it does start to make a lot of sense. Yeah. This is not at all dot points. We've really <laughs> gone up on a 10.
0: All right. Is there any other dot points that you use?
1: Time alone. Yes. Time good. in the sun. Yes, good vitamin food. D. Yeah, good food, nutritious. Uh, if I'm feeling shit, I will just go and get a juice or a smoothie because yeah. – instantly it helps my body to start making the right hormones again yeah um and just making sure i have that good quality time connecting with people when i need to yeah because it's easy to put off catching up with people mm. but these are often the things that really fill your cup and make you feel better
0: good amazing i mean you and i could sit here and talk like literally forever <laughs> so <laughs> i'm gonna try and keep it us on sometimes to, like, part one part two I know. <laughs> All right. So, next thing I want to ask is, what do you wish that you could tell yourself back then, or what mm. advice do you have to someone who might be listening, who could be going something going through something similar mm. to what you've been through? Oh,
1: I think we've touched on a lot of yeah. these things already. Um, but the main things would be to my to myself back then to actually learn to listen to my Mm. body what my body and my mind is telling me because I would often just push through when I was Mm. feeling a bit crap or feeling like I'd had enough rather than now I've learned these are my triggers and I need to pull back so I would yeah really remind myself to stop and check in with how I'm feeling and what I'm needing Mm -hmm. and that it's okay to go with that Mm. and for people listening um yeah you don't have to feel this way. is just yes. the biggest thing. There are so many options, and whether it is medication or it's therapy or it's these self care things, mm-hmm. it, and it can look so different for everyone. There are so many. There are limitless ways of feeling better. Yeah, um, and you just have to make a choice that you want to feel better. Yes, and start implementing some
0: of these things even yeah. in baby steps yes baby steps is like my like num like i have sorry we're in my if you don't know we re- i record in my kitchen because like i'm not sponsored like this is just me Building doing this podcast from kitchen <laughs> from my kitchen of my one bedroom flat anyway on my um fridge at the moment is my absolute favorite card from my deck
1: I am going to get a picture of that <laughs> that card and you are going to post it so people can see it.
0: And this is my, like the, the reminder that I have, I literally pulled it out of my car, uh, out of my deck so that it was on my fridge. So I see it every day, baby steps. We just think like, regardless of what to- the topic is, mm. people just think that, okay, I want to do this and that it's just going to happen in one leap or one step. But actually it reco- like anything, like it takes baby steps. We take one foot and put it in front of the other and we make progress that way. It doesn't have to be like this huge big thing. It's about the little things that we do every single day towards the goal, whether the goal is happiness or whether yeah. the goal is a fitness a goal or empire. it's a million dollar empire. You know, Whatever it is. A millionaire,
1: you have to take baby steps. You've got to
0: make there. the hundredth hour before you yeah. make the meal, you well, know?
1: Like, you can make a dollar first. <laughs> yes, that's correct.
0: Still that, waiting on that one. And that but, just reminds
1: me of my first saying, which I know I have said to you so many times. <laughs> you only need to see the first step. You don't yes. need to see the whole staircase to yes. take the first step.
0: That's a hundred like I love these kind of like sayings and metaphors yes. because we do lose sight of that because you see on social media and we are digressing again but you see on whatever you know someone is living x life they're living this life and Mm. I want that life or I want something similar to that and you can have whatever you want
1: absolutely you
0: just have to do the things in between you've got to put the effort in to get there
1: they didn't just get that life overnight they put in the baby steps every day and that might be something as simple as well I do want to make a million dollars so I better come up with a business idea. Yeah. And that's your baby step for today. Yeah. And then tomorrow what might be your opening Instagram. It's a baby step every day yeah. and it's the same with mental health. Yeah. If you're not in a great place and you don't want to leave the house, get up and have a shower today. That's yeah. all you need to do. Yes. Get up Wash and, your and hair today yourself a cup of tea and yes. watch your favourite movie. And Send baby-
0: one friend a text.
1: Absolutely. Maybe tomorrow you walk to the letterbox. Yeah. And then maybe next week you might head down to the cafe and get your coffee. Mm -hmm. It's just baby steps. And then all of a sudden you look back and be like, oh, my God, look how far I have come.
0: Yes. So obviously (laughs) Katie and I, like we're obviously talking about mental health here, (laughs) but both of us are like... I've taken these, like, paths the last year, almost year for you. Almost year. Um, <laughs> in regards to business. Mm. And um, so that's another thing that we share. So obviously that's an interest of ours between mm-hmm. us. So we sometimes talk about mental health and now we're talking about business. Now yes. we're back in mental health.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and obviously we talk about these things often. So All the time. <laughs> you're just getting a little snippet of our and everyday I- conversation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... One last little
0: question I'm going to ask. Mm. And I really like this question because I know my own answer. And I don't know how that sounds like really arrogant, but like I'm not going to answer right now. But looking back now with hindsight,
1: Mm. how
0: do you feel about the path that you've been down with your own mental health?
1: Oh, it feels longer than it needed to be. Because I have had to learn so much for myself along the way. Yeah. If it wasn't such a taboo thing to talk about, if there Mm -hmm. wasn't so many stigmas, if there was more open everyday conversations about it, I think my whole journey would have been a lot shorter to get to this easier place that I'm at now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. What's your answer? I want to hear your amazing answer.
0: <laughs> for, uh, for me, and actually I don't think I put this in my own episode that I recorded. <laughs> for me, I, I mean it would have been great if I didn't have depression and anxiety, that's one thing. <laughs> but for me, yeah. in hindsight and looking back at everything, I'm so grateful for what I went through yeah. because if I hadn't been through what I went through, I wouldn't be the person that I am now. Absolutely. I wouldn't be you know, a, a guest speaker at, at events talking about my own mental health, I wouldn't yeah. have made this podcast. I wouldn't be sat here talking. Well, we would be sat talking we to each other, about, but we skincare. wouldn't be recording a podcast. I wouldn't have learnt everything that I've learnt in the last six months specifically. Mm. So for me, in when I look back at my journey I'm. So, I, I almost am happy. Yeah. Like, which is weird when you're like, oh, I'm depressed. Like that makes me happy. <laughs> like that doesn't. It's, it's like. Um, what's that? Like it's, a it's like a contradiction. Yeah, it's a contradiction. <laughs> but like, I am so grateful for what I have yeah. been through. I'm grateful for my diagnosis because it's made me the person that I am now, and I like. I really love the person that I am oh, now.
1: Oh, that's. So cool. <laughs> I absolutely love that you said that because I. Personally, uh, I don't believe in coincidences Mm. and I think our path that we take is set before Mm. we come to this earth. And to be able to look back and see where you've come from, the path that you've taken and be grateful and Mm. glad and see the good that has come from what you were doing. Yeah. So particularly with all of your events, the fundraising Mm. that you're doing, um, all of your speaking events and just sharing your story, really opening up this conversation. Like you will never know the amount of people Mm. that you've actually impacted don't even know i cry <laughs> <laughs> you'll never know the amount of annoying. people that you'll yeah you have impacted because there will be people on the sidelines that mm. have just been like oh that girl she's you know she talks about how she feels and mm. maybe I feel like that and I should do something about that or I yeah. should start a conversation about that yeah and it's gonna be like we said before a mm. flow-on effect and you'll yeah. just never know the reach of that
0: and that's the whole reason that you know that's why Why I do this you know if one person high times
1: low times that's (laughs) why
0: we're here I'm here for that um, yeah, if one person benefits from it, that then it makes everything worthwhile. And so, yeah, thank you
1: for saying mm. that. I can return. Oh, that's like too good. No, it's just so beautiful to see because I've seen you Yeah. when we were Oh,
0: 16. God, you've, like, swept. You've, like, come oh. in and had to sweep me up off of the I floor. Have, <laughs>
1: I have physically. <laughs> like, not, literally. <laughs> not even exaggerating. Physically had to pick her up yes. off the floor. Yes,
0: at the Military Roadhouse, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I can remember the exact time.
1: Yeah, and conversations with your mum about yeah. what do we do from here because neither of us really had any idea yeah. about mental health. And, you know, we're talking, what, 2000? This, this is 2006, 2000. Yeah. This is like
0: over, I think it's about six. I always say it's over 16 years ago. So yeah. it, I, that's either correct or I can't do math. And we're in 2020 and that was in two
1: thousand. <laughs> old, we're old. This is what the calculator is for. <laughs> anyway oh, um, yeah. yeah no you yeah I've seen <laughs> yeah, where you, you come have from. so to see that you are actually mm. grateful and happy for that yeah. journey that you've been on is so good and I just think there is purpose in every path that we take whether yes. we like it or not we wouldn't be where we are and I hate that that gets thrown around that whole premise of I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that You can say it, but do you really, like, Mm. really understand the meaning of the path that you have taken Mm. to get here? If any one little thing, it's like that movie The Butterfly Effect. You know, like the little butterfly gets stomped or it doesn't and it changes the whole trajectory Mm. and if anything didn't happen exactly the way it did, we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be here having this conversation right now. 100%. And knowing the good that this can do in the world.
0: Yeah. It's so good. I know. Also, (laughs) Sliding Doors. Is that a similar type movie? Yeah, what was her name? With the blonde hair. I don't
1: know. She cut her hair off because she found uh, her partner cheating. That was the movie anyway.
0: I think, yeah.
1: (laughs) Same idea, Sliding Doors.
0: But any, like, one little thing can change anything. And I do love thinking about things like, that everything was meant to happen and it is happening how it's supposed to happen. Absolutely. so I think that is a really nice way to wrap the episode up because you just said a bunch of really nice stuff about me <laughs> it's all what about you me for? I'm here to prop you up <laughs> so what I would like though is if you so if anyone wants to find you on yeah. socials I'm going to yeah. obviously put it in the show notes but you will be doing some coaching
1: yes I am so, so
0: if someone wants to reach out and have a programs. chat yeah. with you about that how can they find you
1: so you can find me at Sunday Lux Co. on Instagram. Um trying to spell that. Yes, S-U-N-D-A-Y. <laughs> really testing me. <laughs> Lux is L-U-X-E-C-O. Sunday Lux Co. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do offer some coaching programs. Um, some of my main focuses are mindset and manifestation because I'm just obsessed with those things and I know how incredible they are Mm -hmm. and how life-changing they can be. But I also am just about to launch tomorrow, Ah. actually, the day after we are recording this, Mm -hmm. my first um, business coaching program, which is a startup program basically, and it's going to be called Big Biz Energy because we don't do small business here. Um, (laughs) No, we don't. No, we don't. So it's basically if, you know, if you are dreaming of starting a business Mm -hmm. or being able to live your life however you want to live, work when Mm -hmm. you want, where you want. Um, I'm gonna take you step by step mm-hmm. right the way through everything I did to start up my business from day one of mm-hmm. the idea of what I could possibly do, which was an accident by the way. <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, right the way through to launching in six weeks. So if I can do it for myself with yeah. absolutely no knowledge. Um I can help you do it too. Yes,
0: you can.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm super excited about mm-hmm. that. So thank you. Yeah, of
0: course. Yes. And I know I've watched you go through all of this as well. And, Ooh. like, you know, it, I love that you've put together this program to be able to help other people because, I mean, how many people or how many friends do you talk to who are like, oh, I want to start a business but I don't know what or yeah.
1: I don't know how. Yes. Or Find I want someone... to have the freedom to work from home yes. while my kids sleep or Um, For me, business is not about I want to build a billion-dollar empire. Of course I want to build a billion-dollar empire. I mean, I want
0: a million-dollar spent.
1: (laughs) Clearly I'm on a millionaire mission. It's in my bio, so obviously. (laughs) But it's really about the lifestyle. For me, one of my core values is freedom and to be able to have absolute freedom mm-hmm. i need the best way to do that I, I need to build a business that is something that i feel aligned with that i love mm-hmm. that i can do whenever i want yes. but that's also going to be financially rewarding yes beyond my dreams yes so, so come uh, follow me over there yes. it's gonna be super exciting
0: go on to instagram and find katie at sunday Lux co all right so that's going to wrap us up for today. So thank Yay. you so much for joining me. <laughs> this has been so much so fun. Thank you so much for
1: inviting me. I've had um, so much
0: fun today. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. I hope that maybe someone is listening and something has resonated with them and they are, like Katie just said, feeling less alone in their own journey. Thank you again for joining me today, oh, Katie. And that Abby. is us out. <laughs> Do we. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave me a five-star review. Even better, if you know someone who might benefit from listening to it, please tell them all about it. You'll find more information from today's episode in the show notes. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on High Tide, Low Tide, please email me at Lisa, spelled L-E-E-S-A, at High Tide, Low Tide, A-U, or DM me on Instagram at high tide lowtideau. See you next time!